Hey everybody, producer Dave here. Thanks for checking out the Go Fuck Yourself podcast from Echoplex Media. Visit our website, echoplexmedia.com, to find all of our other podcasts, our blog, and uh, everything about us. And also join our chat room at discord.me slash echoplex. Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration. So why am I going to put my penis in there? I'm not stupid. Why would I put my penis in a butt? (laughs) That's crazy. Well, if I was watching anal sex porn all day, maybe I would do it, but I don't. Women can ejaculate across the room with a strong PC muscle. I got good grades, good degree, but your parents don't want you with me. Exercise and I eat well. Run with me and I'll post your bell. We used to be the good crowd, but now we have fun. We used to be the good crowd, but now we have fun. We are the bad crowd. We are the bad crowd. I read a lot, come learn, don't fuss Smart's cool now, that's why we're dangerous I do what I want, fun in a hotel No shame, no pain, no fear, no hell We used to be the good crowd But now we have fun We used to be the good crowd But now we have fun we are the bad crowd. 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 Dr. Stryker and Bad Crowd. And it's party time. You are tuned in to the Go Fuck Yourself podcast, 
brought to you by Echoplex Media. You can find all of our podcasts on echoplexmedia.com. Please subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. You can interact with all of our crazy crew and cast on our Discord channel at discord.me slash echoplex. And if you find some value, educational or entertainment in what we're doing here today, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash echoplex. I am your hostess and your educatrix today. I am the Waffle Princess. You can find me on Twitter at Waffly Princess, and you can find me on Facebook in the Go Fuck Yourself podcast group. I am joined today by an incredible panel of returning champions. I am so proud that you guys are here today. Thank you. My co-hostess today, who are you, ma'am? Jennifer Wadsworth, aka The Reporter. Um, thanks for having me back, by the way. Of course. Um, you can find me on Twitter under my oh-so-clever handle, Jen Wadsworth with two N's. Jen Wadsworth with two N's. Where can people find you when you're not on Twitter? When I'm not on Twitter, I'm usually writing. I work for Metro Newspaper here in San Jose, and most of my stories are posted on SanJoseInside.com. SanJoseInside.com. Our returning guests are two of my dearest friends in the entire universe. Who are you, sir? I am Donnie Mirasu. Donnie Mirasu and... I'm a drag artist, a fab person, assigned female at birth, perform and live a good chunk of my life as a man. Outstanding. So drag king also is uh, drag king. I love that title. I had I had not heard it until about a decade ago, and I I, I love the title. And who are you, sir? Uh, I'm Chad. I'm Donnie's other half. So you're Chad King. The drag, no. The drag, we have no. the drag king no. and Chad King. No, no. I'm, I'm I'm the court jester. <laughs> this has been a discussion for years. <laughs> and where can where can people find either of you on uh, the social medias? I'm on the Book of Face, Instagram, Twitter, a uh, few other outlets as Donnie Mirasu, Donnie with a Y. Mirasu spelled just like the winery. Um I forget I have a Twitter, so I haven't done anything on that thing in years, but I am on the Book of Face. You can just find me through Donnie. That sounds kinkier than it actually is. You have no idea. I think that was the point. So before we get into our docket, Donnie, you have uh, some recent shows that you have performed at and you have had some crownings recently. I just did about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, the Nudie New Boys show with the legendary male burlesque dancer, uh, local burlesque dancer Jet Noir. Jet Noir, yes. yes. Hosts and runs Nudie New Boys uh, along with Redbone from Nudie Newbies. And she does fucking everything. This woman is amazing. But just did that and actually won, went up, did full bore, in your face, fuck it all, horror punk, and won. And this is in happen. San Francisco? This is in San Francisco. Uh, held at. The oldest gay bar in the world, The Stud. The Stud. Yes. We love The Stud. Do you have any performances coming soon? I'm about to have my 30th drag anniversary next month. Wow. But on... Here, we're, we're going to do this as fast as possible. Uh, March the 23rd, uh, Nudie New Boys in San Francisco. March the 30th, uh, South Bay Transgender Day of Visibility, both at San Jose City Hall and in the evening Renegades. First Friday's Follies on April the 5th. 
on April the 13th, which is actually my drag anniversary in San Francisco, Nudie Newbies, Circus of Sin on April the 18th. Uh, Circus of Sin, that's here in San Jose. Yeah, that's right right here in San Jose. At the Caravan. Yes. At the Caravan, it is completely psychotic show. Go see it. It's free. Also making an appearance out of all things BabsCon. 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 Would you please explain to our dear listener what is BabsCon? BabsCon, believe it or not, is one of the biggest My Little Pony conventions in the world. And my best friend talked me into going. So we're going and throwing party. That is Easter weekend. So I'm going to be floating around. Babs actually is an acronym for Bay Area Brony Spectacular. Just yes. in case you were curious. Yes. And founded and run by longtime friend of Chad and mine. Sonia Lynn. Sonia, we love you. Sonia Lynn. We love you. And uh, I'll be running around in my Ghostbuster suit if anybody cares. That brings up an important point, Chad, because Donnie the Drag King has a lot of entourage stuff that needs to be entouraged, and you are the entourage, number one. Well, I'm technical support. Yes. I, I carry shit. Yes. Your technical support, your uh, your prop gatherer, your... Chauffeur. Uh, chauffeur, yeah. your, your... Stripper picker-upper. The, stri- quicker, <laughs> the quicker stripper picker-upper. Say that ten times fast. Yeah. Fabulous. I'm going to play a button here that I've never seen. Weird way of doing sex. <laughs> it's apropos of something. That's very apropos. Well, I think we're going to get right into the docket here. In January of two of this year, 2019, it came out that a pastor of a megachurch, Pastor Ernest Angley of Grace Cathedral in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, who is proudly anti-gay, extremely homophobic, preaches heavily against the gays. Well, there was a little uh, phone call that surfaced, and here is another pastor from Ernest Angley's ministry talking with Pastor Angley about something rather scandalous. And she was so angry over that word vulgar. You know what she said? She's going to tell. She said, I'll tell you what vulgar is. Him and naked laying in angel's bed masturbating each other and going to the bathroom have to wash the ejaculation off his hands. She says, that's vulgar. Wash it off his hands. Wash it off his hands. (laughs) All right. So apparently Pastor Angley called the other pastor's wife vulgar. And the pastor's wife said, well, you know what's vulgar. <laughs> he brought, and she brought up this incident that happened in 1970 when Pastor Angley lay in bed with another man and there was ejaculate on the hands that had to be washed off. The people who are the most vociferously anti-gay are the ones who usually are the ones hiding so deep in the closet they can't see the light of the day. It's tale as old as time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Ding, 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 ding. We have had many discussions about the people who are so vehemently anti-gay. Jen, last night you brought up a very important uh, study that people did. Uh, I had to go back and look at what the study was. I guess there was one in 1996. There have been subsequent studies. But they actually take a device and measure... Well, they do a survey first, and they interview people about their views on sexuality, and then they put the ones who expressed homophobic views in one group and uh, everyone else in another group. And uh, they... They put something around their penis and measured their dick twitch when they showed them gay porn so they could objectively measure arousal. And it was the homophobic, the people who expressed homophobic views who were most aroused by gay porn. Science. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a homo. I happen to be one myself and it's fucking great. Do you think that's true that people who are conflicted by 
homoerotic feelings tend to be the most vocal, like it, it, and they're they're confused and conflicted about it that they then become anti-gay and the, the therefore the people who are not every time not every we can't make a broad sweeping mm-hmm. uh, uh, statement about this but typically people who are the most vocal homophobes are also the ones who are most conflicted and probably having some homophobic tendencies it's the think about all these family value public you know you know public figures and politicians that we have that are getting busted for gay sex with minors or solicitation and it's it's always these guys that are saying homosexuality is this horrible thing and they're getting busted for it then also again and i don't want to paint a broad brush when it comes to different religions but especially with the hardcore family values religious right because they're taught from the beginning that the gay is evil the gay has to be prayed away so if somebody actually is that they are taught self-hatred from such an early age that hatred just spreads out into everything else that's true it's it's really a family dysfunction problem because they see they grow up hearing all these nasty things about you know homosexuals and so that when they it reminds them of what they are and they have to act defensively basically i believe on episode one we actually covered a woman who uh was a a lesbian and came back to God and talked about how she felt this conflict, but now she had Jesus in her heart and everything was whole and and it it was this whole self-examination and shame and it doesn't have to be that way. Exactly. I have one more clip from okay. the pastor, and that we haven't even heard Pastor Angley talk yet. So, <laughs> prepare your ears. He is a horrible-looking man. He looks miserable, and he's he's going to sound like his misery. So he was naked in a bed with another man. The man described the pastor's penis, and it wasn't bad because they didn't make each other come, and yet somebody had to go wash ejaculate off of their hands. <laughs> is this the, the case of the kid with his hand caught in the cookie jar? Yeah, I, that's think that's probably, yeah I think that's probably the best descriptor for this whole thing. If we had to name this segment, this segment is absolutely called... Fuck this dude. Exactly. And I have a quote that I would like to read. This is from Forbes magazine. In 2014, a reporter from Ohio spoke with 21 former church members who asserted that Angley was running a cult, not a church, in which, quote, pregnant women are encouraged to have abortions, childless men are encouraged to have vasectomies, and Angley, who preaches vehemently against the sin of homosexuality, is himself a gay man who personally examines the genitals of the male parishioners before and after their surgeries. They also say he turns a blind eye to sexual abuse by other members of his church. This reminds me a lot of the Heaven's Gate cult. If you remember, he was another closeted gay man who was very obsessed with everyone else's sex life. 
you know, yeah. forced them to be sexless, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It was something like, yeah. I don't uh, remember the details. I believe there were castrations involved in that case. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. There have, been, there have been a number of, of his former youth pastors and, and other pastors who have come forth talking about the abuse of this man. And he's 97 years old. He will likely gl- get clemency if any charges are ever brought because of that. And that's yeah. a real shame because... It just shows the complicity of the system and of his church to all of these things. And what about the poor people who are being abused? Yeah. We've seen this before, though. Look at the abuse scandals with the Catholic Church. They're always getting off scot-free. Anytime a so-called man of faith commits these horrific acts, they get away with it. It's a very rare occurrence when somebody actually gets justice absolutely this should be a recurring segment you know exactly can we get can we get a roundabout chair one more time fuck this dude all right yes and here's here's another fuck this dude our next uh story is from a twitter mega celebrity by the name of roosh v roosh v he often says things that are a bit inflammatory and this this uh story is flagrantly stolen from the plex uh, the Sunday Big Show, which, by the way, if you like politics, you should listen to the Plex Big Show every Sunday from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. and beyond into red light, where we talk about politics and the derp that happens out in the national scene. This guy, Roosh, I hate to say it because it's my nickname, but he kind of waffled on butts. I officially declare myself a boob man. I am now all about the boobs because being a butt man is just the gateway to homosexual activity. How the hell does that work? I mean, boobs are great, but, but come on. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I, I just can't. I mean, how does, even in a heteronormative relationship, anal play, whether it is on the female-bodied person or the male-bodied person, because yes, it can go both ways, leads to homosexuality and yeah, he is. So he's not even talking about butt sex yet. He's just talking about butt lust. Yeah. He's saying if I look at a beautiful woman and her butt is right there bent over in front of me and there's a beautiful moist vagina, beautiful delicious pussy right under there, if I look at the butt... That's going to lead to homosexual thoughts. I said maybe if he's repressed, it might it might well, be the gateway yeah. drug. Do you, do you think he might be repressed? I say no to the back hole. I've never done I've never done anal sex in my life. I swear, I've never done it. A couple girls have gently inquired if I wanted to. I said no way. I know what comes out of that hole, that back hole, because I got a back hole too. It's gross. There's doo doo there. What did you use a plunger or whatever a scrubber to get all the fecal matter there you didn't do that this guy five (laughs) there's doo-doo there there's doo-doo there so scared you're on twitter you're allowed to say shit you're allowed to say poop you're allowed to say bowel movement yeah right like i said he is special you know there's a reason for nitrile gloves yeah oh yeah and condoms Exactly. exactly There's so much that you can do. He needs a good how-to. So the truth of the matter is, yes, butts are messy. It's an an out port. Yeah. (laughs) Although I'm going to quote Dr. Stryker from episode seven. He was talking about a comedian, a gay comedian who told his mom, well, yeah, mom, poop comes out of the butt, but not as often as penises go in. I loved that. (laughs) So this conversation brings up our fucking word of the day. Donnie and Chad 
hold hold on to your sphincters. This is this is crazy. Our our fucking word of the day, Ms. Jen the reporter. It is uh, truffle butter, but not the gourmet butter containing truffles, which is the first definition. It's the second one. Uh, truffle butter is when you pull your dick out of the asshole and continue fucking her pussy, and the tan buttery substance around her pussy is truffle butter. Yum. That sounds like an infection waiting to happen. Yeah, d- the third definition is that's the quickest way to a urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The fifth is something so disturbing you don't even know want to know what it means. <laughs> so the the point of this is, and that would thank you, Urban Dictionary. We love you, Urban Dictionary. Butts are messy. Butts can butts can be messy, and impromptu anal sex can be a messy affair. Yes, that's part of it, and yes, that can be off-putting not off-pudding off-putting <laughs> no more truffle butter pudding but there are ways many safe ways to cleanse the anal area both inside and outside oh yeah primarily fleet enemas fleet fleet on the go <laughs> if oh, you're on yeah. vacation you can go to a pharmacy and pick one up for five bucks weird way of doing sex getting back to the point does but sex, giving or receiving, make a person gay? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, but does having butt sex lead to gay thoughts? No. <laughs> so if so if a masculine person is fucking a feminine person in the anus, is he going to be automatically thinking about how many masculine people he can fuck? Nope. Or is he going to be thinking, oh, this feels really good. I might have an orgasm soon. Either way is fine. Probably the second one. (laughs) But if he does start thinking that way, who cares? It's... It would probably be he already had those inclinations to begin with, and he hadn't explored them yet. That's what Roosh is afraid of. Probably, yeah. So, I think it... I think, does it come back to then... The, the the mindset that we're brought up with, that we're raised, that, that the gay sex is a sin and it's dirty sex. And because butt sex is not for the purpose of procreation, that it's something to be avoided. Like, does, is that where this comes from, do you think? Honestly, from listening to that clip of him, it's sounding more like he's got that mentality where we have this almost ingrained in us culturally is that... Anything that is anal is quote unquote dirty and you're not supposed to deal with it, even though we all have them, we all deal with it, we know that it can be fabulous. And he's stuck in that mentality of it's dirty, I'm caught in this uh, Western culture trope, for lack of a better word. Of I'm not supposed to do this. We're gonna get we're gonna get more into some Western culture tropes. I've got one more clip of Roosh, and he couldn't say doo doo, but there's another word he can't say. So why am I gonna put my penis in there? I'm not stupid. I shower every day. I'm clean. Why would I put my penis in a butt? <laughs> That's crazy. Well, if I was watching anal sex porn all day, maybe I would do it, but I don't. I have never heard that word before. Penis. So we we did look that up on Urban Dictionary. Penis is apparently slang for balls and penis, the whole package. But I don't think he's talking about shoving his balls inside. I greatly doubt. I think <laughs> I think he's being uh, he's trying to uh, assuage his listeners who might be offended by a very natural medical word, which is penis. So the fact that he can't say it himself, what does that infer about his sense of? 
propriety. He just seems very uncomfortable talking about sex in general, so maybe it's hard for him to enunciate even these these words properly. And what does taking a shower have to do with anal sex? So, yeah, you take a shower every day. Most people do. You can take another one. If you've had anal sex with somebody, you've been on the giving end, you can go take a shower afterwards. It probably would be a good idea just to go clean up that area in case there's going to be more play later on. Right, yeah. while you wash the ejaculate off your hands like Pastor Angley. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. <laughs> yes. So now here's a little palate cleanser, folks. This is a truck advertisement that we would love to hear. And it's shot outside, so there's a bit of wind, but you'll you'll get the gist. Hey there, how's it going, everybody? It's Jason and Jansen's for Dan's Deal Today. Do you have a tiny little pecker? Do you want everyone to know about it as soon as you arrive? Well, then check out this hunk of shit behind me. You do. It's got a 2012 Chevy Silverado. 3500 that was an LTZ means it's pretty fancy you got leather and all that bullshit come look inside <laughs> so that that is incredibly awesome <laughs> so this- I- Remember, anytime we see somebody driving like a complete asshat in a big car, you always go, sorry about your penis, dude. Uh, Seriously, this goes again with the trope that if you have an oversized, overpowered, ridiculous truck, you probably are compensating for a smaller endowment. And this Mm -hmm. started long before there were giant 3500 Silverado trucks. This was corvettes even yeah and porsches people men with who you know at age 55 who bought a brand new red porsche were accused of having a small penis i thought that was a second childhood would a second childhood imply that your penis is small also i i don't know because i remember my dad doing shit like that when i was younger he bought a sports car and it was we never talked about that particular part of him for which i'm my, my psyche is grateful but it was always oh he's just going through his second childhood that's his grown-up toys it's midlife crisis there exactly yeah, yeah i think it's more about more that more than making fun of the size of someone's penis it's making fun of their insecurity about whether they have one ding 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 let's see uh let's hear the rest of this truck ad this uh this is this is a this is it was on facebook he's in front of his work which is a car dealership jansen's car dealership i'm not sure where it is but all of the information about all of these clips will be in the show notes on echoplexmedia.com so you can watch the videos yourself they're hilarious all right now you, you're gonna want a step ladder to get in this big motherfucker but check it out you got power running boards Boom. In there, it's a basic Chevy LTZ, right? Leather, fucking uncomfortable-ass seats, whatever. Guys, we are calling this the LDS. That's right, the Little Dick Special. So if you have a tiny little cock and you want the whole world to know about it, you're going to want to drive this piece of shit Chevy. And we'll see you soon, motherfuckers! (laughs) That's... Sold. (laughs) That's winning the internet right there. Oh, shit. That's too good. I absolutely love the truth in advertising. Um, I I think he said what all of us have been wanting to say, thinking about whenever we see a ginormous truck that's souped up and too powerful. And I'm not... If if our listener who is listening right now has a great big souped up truck, this may not apply to you, but but I'm pretty sure there are quite a few folks who, who... buy larger vehicles simply because they're overcompensating for a shortcoming in something else. Maybe it's not their penis. Maybe it's that their daddy never loved them. I don't know, but they feel like they have to have this big machine. Unless you're working in an industrial situation where you need a big overpriced truck, a, a big oversized truck, 
why would you get one? Like off-roading here in the South Bay is when you accidentally go go over a parking bumper in in Costco parking lot. Like that's off-roading. Why do you yeah. need why do you need that big of a truck? So I actually know someone like this I it's actually not not a man. It's a it's a woman who's very tiny and she bought a pickup truck because she likes feeling like she's above the other cars and it makes her feel safer and stronger. So it's compensating in an, another way that's interesting. So so having a big truck can be about power. Sounds like it. I would it. imagine, yeah. So our next story is also about elevating oneself to become possibly more powerful. There's a big question. Why don't more men wear high heels? I think because our culture has told them that they absolutely can't wear heels. I think because our culture has said that's for women. There are certain items of clothing that always seem to bring to mind one gender or the other, either male or female. And I think for femininity, the high heels always represented the woman. It's almost iconic. When he says always there, he's actually just talking about always in modern times. Yeah. Because our next, the next clip is going to talk a little bit more about the history of high heels. In the 70s, men wore thick platform heeled shoes all the time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just people trying to be outlandish or outrageous. It was people who were trying to be fashionable. And maybe there's a sense of power there. Chad, have you ever worn high heels? Um, not since I was five or six and I got into my mom's. So how did femininity and heels become synonymous? Well, actually, that wasn't always the case. The history of high heels goes all the way back to the 10th century Persia, but I think it actually originated even earlier than that. Really, the heel was this riding tool related to hunting, military need, masculinity, and equestrianism. It was a tool that was developed to be worn in tandem with the stirrup. That is 100% the reason why heeled shoes were developed. Yeah. It's like even looking at a modern cowboy boot. There's a heel. It is designed for a reason. If you've talked to somebody who rides horses and uses them. The great irony of the situation is that we've been talking about these family values folks. Most of the men in the family values group wear heels if they wear boots. Mm -hmm. So when did women start wearing heels? Well, that started as a 17th century fashion trend. There was a kind of craze to what we might say today, borrow from their boyfriend's closet. It's my thesis that they actually added heels to their outfits at this time in the effort to appear more manly. But absent their equestrian functionality, high heels were an impractical form of footwear which is why women were wearing their heels mostly in domestic settings. In turn, high heels were now thought of as women's shoes. By the time the 18th century rolls around, the heel gets abandoned almost completely from men's shoes. And soon, heels become a signifier of femininity. By the 19th century, we see a reinforcement of gender norms in notions such as men are big, naturally big and better. Females are small, diminutive and dainty. And that applied to women's heels too. Having the smallest foot possible becomes a goal in women's fashion. Which heels definitely doesn't contribute to because having heels makes, well, if you have a pointed heel, your foot might look a little bit smaller, but a big clunky heel will make your foot look larger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's the getting your foot in there. And I've looked at my feet. I have small feet. I am a fucking tiny guy. I have looked at my feet in heels and they look, you know, even the very elegant, very feminine ones, which I do wear sometimes, they look just as big as when I have my shit kicker combat boots on. 
What do you think about the fact that heels moved from being a masculine appointment to a female appointment because women wanted to borrow their boyfriend's clothing? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's one of those things like fashion is fantastic especially when you're looking at the history of it and you see where all this stuff crosses into each other even other things that are stereotypically quote-unquote femme like the color pink yeah we we all know that yes this was originally a men's color but it's interesting how these things cross over it's like even makeup or like i said the color pink and heels is another example and it's we, we are slowly getting this swing into yes men are starting to wear them and it's not just drag queens right skinny jeans is another example i think as we were talking about recently oh, yeah. where it's a more subtle example but along those lines what is it about skinny jeans as recently as like the early 2000s guys were wearing the baggier pipes kind of things and then they transitioned into wearing skinny jeans so skinny jeans which used to be culturally just for the ladies are now being worn by men in modern times right there's all kinds of of masculine folks out there being masculine and wearing skinny jeans and i you know a lot of our clips here are talking about men and women and male and female and we just want to make it clear that this is not trying to exclude or include anybody this these are just the clips as as people have been presenting them and everybody anybody can wear anything but this is this is a history of fashion and things being masculine or feminine has been a really big part of fashion history. Fast forward to the 1920s. When the flapper uh, becomes the media icon of new womanhood. During this time, women cut their hair, lose their corsets, wear makeup, shorten their hemlines. And for the first time, really reveal their legs. They're getting rid of so many previous signifiers of femininity, but they maintain the high heel. Which brings us to today. Women are told, or have been told for a few decades now, that high heels are women's power tools, that they are the way that you express that you've arrived, that, that you have power. And so if that were true, you would think that men would be very eager to wear the high heel as well. What she's saying makes sense. Interesting point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So why don't more men wear high heels? That's a damn good question. Well, in my case, it's because my mom and my sister always bitched about how uncomfortable they were. That's a very good point. But we're t but those are typically high heels that have a pointy heel, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which in the 80s and 90s, that's what women wore typically to an office. You always wear high heels. Today, heels tend to be a little bit thicker, and I think men would have a more easy time balancing on a big wedge heel than on something slim and pointy. Oh, yeah. Or platforms. Platforms feel good to wear. Platforms are great. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so let's meet a couple of men who decided to take the disparity between men's shoes and women's shoes and do something about it. One community that's always been eager to adopt the heel is the queer community. Heels are so essential to my identity. I don't know about you, but I grew up sneaking into the garage to wear my mom's shoes when she was away. Meet Shabo Han and Henry Bay. We are the co-founders of Ciro. Ciro is one of the only shoe companies designing heels exclusively for men. And Henry and Shabo love wearing heels. If my heels are not clack clacking, then what am I doing? But when they went to go buy heels, they realized the options for men were limited to shoes for drag queens or shoes associated with some sort of kink or fetish. Which I also have. Right, which is awesome. not wearing to the office. 
which is why they started their own company. We have kitten heels, we have boots, a pump, wedges, thigh highs, we have a strappy sandal. In other words, the same variety of heel available to women. If you get the chance, look up their shoes. They are beautiful, they are spectacular, they are very much non-gendered. I, I had seen things from women and non-binary people and some trans women going, these feel fabulous. They're easy to walk in, they are designed to be walked in, to be able to stand in them. Because I've worn the stilettos, they can suck after 20 minutes. We call them come fuck me pumps because exactly. they're really only for the bedroom. Yes. Yes. And and I've worn the wedge heels, but these are just, they look like they would feel like almost tennis shoes. Except they're four inch platforms or six inch platforms, but they, the, they look very, very, very comfortable and very well made. They are gorgeous. How much are they? Are they really expensive? I'm trying to remember. I, I'm picturing in my head it was in the range of 300 so yes yeah these are definitely shoes for people for whom it is extremely important to wear heels but trying to normalize high heels for men also comes with its own set of risks i get called so often men on the street yelling at me telling me things like you need to be a man teenage boys laughing people were kind of just doing that whole like thing at me like i'm supposed to fight back in my heels and my nails like wow Misogyny is so alive and well, even in 2018, when a man does something that invalidates his masculinity or rather embraces his femininity, that's really scary to our culture. There can be danger and it can even be fatal. Every day when I get dressed, I have to decide if today I have the strength to withstand all the stares um, and looks that people will give us. But at the same time, I know that I feel the most correct and powerful when I'm wearing heels. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying. And I think that the phrase man up or be a man is probably one of the most damaging phrases in the English language. I concur. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I concur. It's the, you know, the concept of be your authentic self. If he wants to wear, heel, wear heels, fucking wear the heels. It doesn't matter. I have dealt with what he is talking about, wearing makeup just in downtown San Jose as a man, even being right outside of the caravan, talking to a security guy and had somebody pull that shit. Wow. Yeah. Without realizing that I'm standing right next to a security guy and the security guy just kind of did the loom of, come on. So be a man, but okay, be a man, but what makes a man? Why can't being a man include wearing makeup and wearing high-heeled shoes? Not even pointy, slightly feminine-looking shoes. Wearing shoes that you could go ride a, a, a Mongolian horse event in because you've yeah. got the stirrup, the, the things to hold you in the stirrup. Why can't that be as masculine as wearing a, a sports jersey or, or having having big old muscles? Like, why does that have to be Masculine. That has been something that I, as a cishet guy, have been asking myself since I figured out what the hell all that means. I'm scrawny. I don't fit into the, you know, oh, you're a manly man mold. You know, I was one of those guys who got beat up a lot, but I don't give a fuck. Seriously. And if you're that insecure that you have to go after somebody who is comfortable in his own skin 
presenting how he wants to present and you've got to be that kind of a fucking douchebag go fuck off amen or yeah. as oh, we yeah. say on the show go fuck yourself exactly actually unfuck them they don't need it <laughs> or send, send them over to Roosh so they can be not fucked exactly alright we have one more clip and I think this really nicely ties it all together like a long shoelace it's a type of footwear that should and can be open to anybody those things are actually being challenged today, and of course they should be, because this is just a cultural construct. Whatever meanings are embedded in these objects can change, ding, and ding, they ding, do ding. change. And while these social constructs can change, it's unlikely that straight, cisgender men will be wearing stilettos to the office anytime soon. Perhaps the goal isn't to have more men wearing high heels, but rather to make the world a safe place for the men who do. It's gonna take a long time for people to actually catch up with this. But it's happening. And the more that people dress the way that they want to dress, and the more that people show up and live authentically, the easier it is for us to get to a place where everyone can do that. And we're no longer policing people based on their gender. Amen. Yes. I yes. think the key word there is living authentically. Yeah. If you feel that wearing a certain type of outfit or a certain type of shoes or a certain style of hair is who you authentically are, then why the fuck is it anybody else's business to comment on it or make you feel bad because of it? You can say, hey, uh, that hairstyle really I don't find it flattering on you and I wouldn't find it flattering on me you can think that all you want but how does what you think affect the person who's who's displaying it and wearing it proudly mm -hmm. why does your opinion give a fucking difference to anybody see exactly. that's why it's you know if you don't want if you're thinking something and you're wondering if you should say it or not just think to yourself would you want someone saying that to you that's a yes. really good point Chad yes. really good point and that's actually probably the most Christian thing we've said. <laughs> Coming from the pagan. <laughs> yes. Do unto others. Why Why would you treat somebody badly or worse just because they aren't like you? I think that's what this whole episode is kind of rolling out to, isn't it? Yeah. That people who are different from you aren't bad. People who are different from you are just different. It's separate but equal, which is a horrible quote from our past, but like thing, people can be different and still be equally as good. And why does it matter who's better and who's worse anyway? Just live and let live. It's right? the, you, you can't judge somebody by just looking at them. You know, you can never tell how somebody actually is going to be. Right, so if you see somebody who's wearing something outlandish in your eyes, what's the appropriate thing to, how, what's the appropriate response? Don't do anything. Okay. I hang out with drag queens, burlesque dancers, sideshow geeks, take all, all the local weirdos I probably know. I have no problem going up to them going, I love the dress that you made out of a garbage bag and the trash can ha lid hat that you have just made. It is fucking fabulous. If you think what they did is creative and unusual, say something. Even if it's not your style. Exactly. So we were talking recently about high heels for men being the norm in the 70s. All you have to do is watch the Blues Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. And so many of the men are wearing platform shoes. Even some of the police officers, they're wearing the boots and they've got these great big thick clunky heels. Mm -hmm. It it just, it's what people who were cool wore. I, for one, hope that that time comes around again where people can just wear whatever the fuck they want without being 
attacked for that's not right for men or that's not right for women. What's wrong with women wearing tuxedos? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. What's wrong with men wearing higher heeled shoes? Absolutely nothing. If you can wear it and it fits you and you rock it, you go. Like that's what we need. Now what you need to do is Dr. Phil. What you need to do what you need to do, first of all, is listen to ecoplexmedia.com. Then you need to make some pancakes. Then you need to vote for Oprah. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be vice president. Vice president Dr. Phil, it's got a nice ring to it. Thank you, Dr. Chip DeVille, or Dr. Phil DeVille. If you would like to hear more of Dr. Phil DeVille and Chip DeVille, you can listen to the Echoplex Media Tuesday night show, which is called Local Love, featuring music from all over the greater Bay Area. We have artists come in studio and talk about their music and their inspirations and their shows and their tours and their performances. And sometimes you get a little live performance. If you love listening to local music as much as we do, tune in every Tuesday. Tuesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. and beyond into red light at echoplexmedia.com slash live. Dave's Kung Fu is the best, I have to say. And we've now reached the portion of our show where we try to enlighten you on a topic of sexual education called Go Fuck Yourself Better. And we're not talking about Dave's Kung Fu here. We're talking about something called Vaginal Kung Fu. I would say that having a vaginal weightlifting practice gives me and anyone who practices it the best sex of their lives. This is a sex and relationship coach out of Los Angeles named Kim Anami. She lifts weights with her vagina, and she claims that the practice can massively improve anyone's sex life. Now, we're not talking about using the labia to lift things. It's all about the clench. It's, it's all the internal. The, the, the kegel, uh, yeah, the kegel muscles. It's, yeah. it's all about the clench. Here, let's hear more. This is the vaginal weightlifting apparatus that I use. It's actually jade carved into the shape of an egg. There's a hole drilled through it. The thread or string comes down, and then that's where we affix, tie the objects onto the end of, and then we lift. I can lift skateboards, coconuts, all kinds of tropical fruit. <laughs> The French crockery. <laughs> so I love the idea of her standing there with a $500 Crusette Dutch oven hung from her vagina from a jade egg that is firmly tucked up inside her. So what she's talking about is taking a, a jade egg. It's smaller than a chicken egg. It has a hole drilled in it. You put the thing in the thing and you put your thing up your thing. I've seen sideshow performers with it and they're probably about two to three inches and maybe an inch in diameter. And I've seen one who's local, I believe, to Oakland, take a um, metal bucket, attach it to that, and then have people put marbles in. And there had to be a good 10 pounds of marbles, just the marbles and this is not including the bucket this is not attached anywhere let's be clear we have we have um feats of strength where men uh, excuse me penis holders have pulled entire cars and locomotives by tying a rope to their penis and Mm -hmm. pulling that's not this this is putting something inside and clenching hard and using that to lift yeah it's all the internal so why why, why do this other than shock factor? Well, I know that, you know, the women that I know, they're doing it for shock factor. And many of them have said that it has actually improved the sex life. Uh, speaking as a penis holder and somebody <laughs> who has had penis and vagina sex, 
with partners who have strong muscles when you're being clenched during intercourse it feels fucking fantastic my, mine are detachable so i wouldn't know i was gonna say as the only one with an insertable genital organ here at this table i have i have somewhat a little bit of penis envy because you get to feel your body sticking into something else and feel the squeezing on it i just have mm-hmm. to imagine it and and uh, project that onto whatever my silicone toy is or whatever exactly it is, it is intense it is very intense and with her having to clench so hard to keep that weight it's just like any other muscle the more you work it the stronger it gets so the more of a squeeze that she'll be able to give to her partner but they do have to be extremely careful this is the whole do not try this at home i have seen some of these performers collapse from doing this from squeezing too hard squeezing too hard and having the weight I bet it would be similar to any muscle that you overexert if you were doing shoulder pulls at the gym and you worked yourself too hard. You might have muscle spasms and have and and need a moment and possibly pass out. Yeah. Like it's it's got to be the exact same thing. And obviously the it was a vagina holder. Yeah, it 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 was was obviously the vagina was so powerful that it was a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, it strengthens the pelvic floor. It eliminates urinary incontinence, but it also increases their ability to enjoy sex. Women can ejaculate across the room with a strong PC muscle. It can create this lift in the whole system. I've had clients who were Botox users stop using Botox because the lines in their face began to be erased. I don't know if I buy that part. My science brain is going (laughs) click, 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 click. (laughs) The only thing I can think is you're more confident, you're having more sex, you're happier, so you're not scrunching your face up as much, so therefore less wrinkles. I think the folks, it's all linked. If you're, if you do something to work out one part of your body, your the rest of your body is going to respond in kind. Yes, and the word kegels was brought up earlier. Who would like to read a definition or talk about kegels? All right, denoting a kegel, also which is denoting exercises performed by a woman to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles, involving repetitions of both sustained and rapid voluntary contractions of the muscles and used especially to treat urinary incontinence and improve sexual function. So kegels have been prescribed for decades. This is taking it one step further. In health class in high school, we were taught you should do kegels every time you are driving and you come to a traffic light, squeeze, do a set of 10, and then do another set of 10, and then the light will turn green, and then you go, and nobody knows you're doing, I'm doing kegels right now, sitting here (laughs) talking to you all, folks. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So do you think if you were to start exercising your inner pelvic muscles that it would affect the entire rest of your body? I think it could, in theory, but I don't really see how if you're having to use Botox or you, l- l- let me rephrase, feel like you have to use Botox, that that would backtrack that. There are doctors who have absolutely backed up part of what Kim has to say. Hmm. The idea of strengthening the vaginal muscles is a good one. It can help with sexual satisfaction for both partners, uh, and it can help with prevention of prolapse. So I think that she's opening up a door to women exploring their sexuality, the sensuality, and the power of the vagina. And it's something that's so repressed in our society. I think she's doing something physically uh, and mentally and socially that's a good thing. 
Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think medically, there's absolutely nothing bad about doing kegel squeezes, about doing that. And adding the jade egg and doing weightlifting, I think that's the next step, like taking it one step further than just doing a squeeze. And I think, Donnie, you're absolutely right. Um, I don't think, I, I would retract what you say about don't try this at home, because I think everybody can do squeezing exercises, but build up to it. Oh, I'm not, I'm basically saying don't do the thing with the surfboard, don't do the okay, thing with well, like okay. the, the 15 pounds of marbles, Okay, but it's the, because you can get versions of the jade egg that she's talking about. Um, the or incredible and edible egg. Yeah. <laughs> or there's the, the kegel balls that you can go into most sex shops, and they're there. Benoit balls. Them. Yeah. The, there have been Benoit balls, and there are modern versions of Benoit balls, and they have little weights inside them mm-hmm. so that they, they kind of rotate and vibrate, and you can feel as you're squeezing, and it's kind of a pleasurable sensation as well. But the ones that are strictly for exercise, there are uh, stainless steel barbells that have a ball on the end, and they are insertable into a vagina or an anus theoretically and they are specifically they're gradated uh, steel balls that are for squeezing of the vaginal I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a medical device hmm. yeah is how it started Kim's determined to spread the word about vaginal weightlifting she came to my house and presented me with a gift and it was a pouch that had a jade stone in it she said it's for your vagina <laughs> so That was pretty much our first meeting. Once I actually took one of her courses and studied her creation of vaginal kung fu, that's when I really understood what she's talking about when she says that you change the energy of your whole life. Show of hands at this table, who might go home and try this tonight? I might get a bigger egg. I, I'm going to say of the vagina owners at this table, that was uh, that was a full house. Yes. The women in this video look incredibly vibrant and healthy. I don't know if either of them still do the Botox, but they certainly looked incredibly fit and athletic already, but they looked very positive and radiant and glowing and very happy that this is something that they have included in their lives. I mean, obviously, this is a testimonial, so they're going to be saying good things. But should people take the time to work on their pelvic muscles so that they can strengthen their own vaginal muscles and help with incontinence and help with sex? Absolutely. I mean, it's the if it's going to deal with problems that can happen later on in life. It's the deal with the stuff now while you're in your 20s, 30s and 40s. So when you're hitting your 80s, 90s and beyond beyond you're not going to potentially have these problems and if it's boosting confidence and it's helping you in any way do it we had an interesting discussion in preparation for the show because neither myself nor my co-host jen have given birth to children there is a rumor that after women have popped out a few babies that the vagina just becomes like an open old tube sock and the research shows that that's not actually the case that after about six months the vagina it's it's very much like elastic tissue of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Pull your mouth all the way back to the corners, stretch it as far as you can, and then release it. Your mouth doesn't stay in that shape. It 
goes back to its original shape the vagina is no different it is an elastic muscle and it springs back into shape and you can improve your vaginal health with strengthening exercises Mm -hmm. with kegel bars or with uh, jade egg the other place where people are concerned about vaginal looseness is as women age as women age and menopause hits the the vagina can apparently lose its elasticity and we've heard reports of women who sneeze in an elevator and something pops out like that's a prolapse Mm -hmm. which sounds absolutely horrifying but this can help strengthen that but can you on the flip side can your vagina become too strong and start snapping dicks off funny you should say (laughs) that because Kim travels the world extolling the virtues of vaginal weightlifting and posts pictures of her training on her Instagram page. Hashtag things I lift with my vagina. Today she's at Venice Beach in California showcasing her pelvic power. So I just attached a surfboard and I'm lifting a surfboard with my vagina. And it's earning her a fair amount of attention. When people see me out in public practicing my lifting of different objects, they tend to be amused, they, their jaws drop, or they are very, very intrigued and supportive and encouraging, like, you go, girl. But potential suitors should be careful what they wish for. I have heard of a, a friend of mine, knew a woman in Thailand, who put three men in the hospital because she didn't know her own strength. So there's that. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I'm almost afraid to ask what the nature of the injury was. That's funny because, Donnie, the way you said oof is French for egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. It's a callback. Well, there's always the, the old Norwegian of oofta, which is oh fuck. I think it's important then to be aware of how strong these muscles are and pay mm-hmm. attention to when your partner says, ow. And then also, it's kind of common etiquette to tell your partner ahead of time, hey, I perform vaginal weightlifting. I'm very strong down there. Uh, I don't want to hurt you. So informed consent is also exactly. a very yeah. cr- critical part of this practice. I would certainly want my partners to give me the feedback that, oh my, that feels amazing. What have you been doing? I'll say, oh, just reps. <laughs> just, just some strengthening exercises. Is it making it good for you? Yes, it is. All right, then I'm going to keep doing it. French crockery. <laughs> French crockery. <laughs> I've like, I've like a semi just thinking about it right now. Me too. So that is our complete docket for episode nine of Go Fuck Yourself. We want to thank you once again for listening. You can subscribe to Echoplex Media and Go Fuck Yourself at Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Google Play. You can find us also at echoplexmedia.com. We're going to push and push and push. You will always back up. Let's go around the room one more time and reintroduce our panel. Who are you, sir? I am Chad. I am the entourage of Mr. Donnie Mirasu. I am Donnie Mirasu. Jen Wadsworth. And where can people find you on the social medias, Donnie? I am on the social medias as Donnie Mirasu. Just go into the Facebook, Instagram. I'm I'm easier to find on Facebook and Instagram. Usually Instagram. And Jen the Reporter, where can people find you? At Jen Wadsworth on Twitter and JenWadsworth.com, my website I never update, or SanJoseInside.com for my latest articles. And I am your hostess, the Educatrix the waffle princess you can find all of my contact information on echoplexmedia.com's contact page and from this crew to all of you please remember folks if you can't go fuck yourself 
How are you going to go fuck someone else? Bye-bye. I say no to the back hole. No way. I know what comes out of that hole, that back hole, because I got a back hole too. It's gross. There's doo-doo there. Guys, we are calling this the LDS. That's right, the Little Dick Special. So if you have a tiny little cock and you want the whole world to know about it, you're going to want to drive this piece of shit Chevy. And we'll see you soon, motherfuckers! Weird way of doing sex. Be sure you check the meat!